So I want to share with you guys uh, something that the Lord has laid on my heart for this evening, but I want to start um, with a story. Do you guys like stories? I think stories are, are an art uh, that we lose a lot of times. I'm going to tell you about an individual that um, you, may, you may know his name or you may not, but this is how we're going to start our story today, and I think it's really important. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Paul David Hewson. Okay, Paul David Hewson. I don't know if you know that name yet, um, but there's a story that goes about this this gentleman uh, that was someone that was in a major search, someone that was really looking for some things in life that are really important to him, but also to life as a whole. And I, I like this guy's story because um, I, I think we can all resonate with it. This guy was a poet, uh, still is a, a phenomenal poet. And uh, what we like about this guy so much is some of the greatest things that he's written for us that we get to enjoy today. I'm, I'm going to read for you one of his great poems that you may recognize when, when I start reading. And he, he, he penned these words, I have climbed the highest mountains, I have run through the fields, only to be with you. I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls, these city walls only to be with you. But still, still I haven't found what I'm looking for. I have kissed honey lips. What about that? That's pretty fun. Okay, felt the healing in the fingertips. It burned like fire, this burning desire. I have spoke with the tongue of angels. I have held the hand of a devil. It was warm in the night, but it was cold as a stone. I was cold as a stone, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. He says, he said, I believe in the kingdom come. Then all the colors will bleed into one, that everybody will be the same in this. But yes, I'm still running. You broke the bonds and you loosened chains, carried the cross of my shame, of my shame. You know, I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Does anybody know who Paul David Hewson is? Yeah. This guy has been on a search for many, many years, uh, on a righteous search. See, he grew up in a home where his, his dad was Catholic and his mom was Protestant. In Ireland, that wasn't easy. He grew up in a home when he was searching for significance. He was trying to find his place. He did find Jesus in the process. And we know him as a tremendous humanitarian. But when we go back to Scripture, we see some other guys that I think are really important for us to highlight for just a moment this evening. These three folks that came from afar. Remember those guys that were searching? They were looking for some things, someone specifically who was really important, who changed the course of history forever. You may know them as the Magi, the wise men, right? You may have seen them depicted in plays throughout the years or Christmas things that we've enjoyed with little kiddos making things funny. I see you back there, Ethan. I see you, buddy. You were a wise guy, weren't you? You did a phenomenal job. You may know these guys from Scripture, but I want us to think about this search and how it's uh, significant to us today. We'll see this in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Where is this one? We saw his star, and when it rose, when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was with him on this disturbing moment. They were all disturbed together. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, um, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people. 
Then Herod, he called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Let's stop here for just a second just to make sure we get these characters we look at this, this King Herod guy. He's Herod the Great. You may know him as that. A ruthless leader. Willing to take family out. This is that kind of guy. Mafia had nothing on this dude, okay? He was real deal. He didn't play. And he, he, he right at this moment was like, well, who is trying to be king? I'm supposed to be king. I'm the one that's supposed to hold everything in my hands. But there's this Messiah, Jesus guy, stepping on the scene, the Christ. And, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. This disturbs me. This is messing with my system. So what do they do? He tries to, to con the Magi. Be like, oh, I want to see Jesus too. I would love to meet this wonderful king. So we see him trying to con these guys. Trying to play, trying to play these guys and pull wool over their eyes. Because he said he wants to go and worship him too. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star, right? And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, right, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and have been warned in a dream they did not go back to Herod. They returned to their country on a different route. We're all searching. You know what's so significant and why I was thinking about Bono and, and all that he's done? was that it wasn't enough for him to just find Jesus. He also wanted to find what Jesus wanted him to do with his life. And I think about that in my own life. It's one thing for me to become a believer, but it's another thing to find out what I'm really here to do. And we see these magi, these wise guys, these kings on a journey because they have found their purpose. They have found their reason. They have found a light, a star that is leading them to Christ. And I believe for many of you this evening that God brought you here for a reason. That you may be on a different journey in a different place, but you followed something here. And God is putting purpose in your life this evening. Even if you've had purpose or you know purpose, He's helping you to see it again. Because you followed the light of Christ to this place. And the light of Christ is going to change your life too. These guys traveled thousands of miles they believed that it was over about a two-year period of time. So when they arrived at the house, they see Jesus as a little child playing. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having the desire and, and, and really the ability to continue on and continue on year after year? Okay, let's just step it back month after month. Let's go back a little bit. Day after day. How about just minute after minute? Pursuing what God has for your life. These guys knew, these wise guys knew that, that God had a special plan for this child, but even more importantly, that they were a part of this plan, and they began to follow this light that was in the sky. See, we don't know if it was a temporary star. We don't know if it was planets aligning. We don't know what it is. We weren't there. But the moral of the story stays the same, is that God put a light in the sky so these guys could find baby Jesus King Jesus, he would become King Jesus, but he was born King Jesus. God put a light in your life, I believe. I'm convinced for you to be here today to understand that God has a plan for your life too. 
that it's important that you followed that light, that you followed whatever, it, whatever that star looked like to you to this place tonight. See, we've all been in places where we understand that people are trying to try to deceive us into to work into their plan and doing what they want in this life. But we know that God's plan supersedes man's and that God's plan for your life is going to work. It may not be easy. It may take time, but his plan is supposed to work. When they got to the house, they saw the Christ child. Can you imagine what that scene looked like? Years of going and going, not stopping, and they see the Christ child. They see the light. They understood that there was a time for response in their lives. So what did they do? And that's a question for us tonight. What does God want you to do? What does God want you to do with this understanding, this knowledge? We're going to read in just a moment in John chapter 3. But what does God want you to do? And I want you to keep this in your mind when you're thinking about this. What does God want me to do? We see here that these guys had these expensive treasures that they brought with them, these things of great value that they brought with them there. And as soon as they got there, they laid them down. That gold, that incense, and that myrrh. You may have heard this time after time growing up, and the story may sound old. But what does God want you to do? What does God want you to do? He wants you to sacrificially lay down some things. We'll get to that in just a second. John 3, verse 16. The very first memory verse I ever memorized in my life as a child. When I was a kid, this little Bible bus used to come around to my school. I don't know if anybody else remembered that. It was like Bible education. And I remember this little Bible bus used to come to my school, and then we'd load up inside of there, and they would teach us these things, these scriptures that changed my life forever. And I remember this one specifically, and you may be able to quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. A lot of times we stop right there, don't we? And that's what I memorized as a child. But as I became older and I learned to study the word more, like Nicodemus was asking here in this instance, like, what what do I need to do? What do I need to do? See, God didn't come into this world. He didn't send his only son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So often we think that God sits up on his throne and he's like, grease spot, grease spot with people. No! That's not God's desire for your life. It's not to condemn you, but to redeem you, to save you. That's why he sent Jesus, his only son, into this world. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son, Jesus. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. We're getting ready to transition in just a couple moments. Actually, Matt and and, uh, Allison, if you guys wouldn't mind, make your way up. This is the verdict that stuck out to me. So big, so major when I was reading this again. Because when I think of something like a verdict, I think of a judge. I think of a, a judge who knows the law, who knows the rules, who knows what's right, who knows what's wrong who holds power in his or her hands, right? I think of a judge that is capable. I think of a judge that is able. I think of a judge that, that can, can pass down ruling because they have the power to do so. And I think of a wonderful judge who sits in heaven, God. 
And he has passed down a verdict. He's passed down a verdict. He says, look, here's what I want you to get. Light has come. The Magi understood it completely. Light had come. That you didn't have to live in darkness anymore. Light has come. That you didn't have to to wallow in pain and sin and remorse. That redemption is here. Maybe we need to hear that for the first time again. A lot of us sit in services week after week, and this may sound like old news. But you know, I think every Christmas it's so important to be reminded that there's been a verdict that's been passed down from God, that light has come, and that Jesus is here. So what we're going to do is we're going to allow you to light a candle in church and not burn it down. How exciting is that? I mean, the insurance is up to date, but we're really enjoying this facility, so please, let's not do that. I just pictured, you know, I don't know about you guys, but sitting around the fire for me is mesmerizing. Does anybody else feel that way? Sitting around the fire for me is something that just always calms me, and, and it's like I stare into it, and, and I just start thinking clearly, or, and, and things start to, you know that kind of feeling when you're camping out and you're hanging out, and you just, I pictured those wise guys traveling from afar, day after day, month after month, year after year, gifts in hand, around the fire, saying, we're going to get there, light has come. He's here. I heard the Savior's been born. Light has come. He's here. I've heard that redemption has come. The verdict is in. God has spoken. 400 years of silence is no more. God has spoken in Christ. The Messiah is here. The verdict is in. Light has come. And this evening... As you get to light a candle in remembrance of what God did sending His only Son, remember there's some things that He wants you to process. That Jesus is God's only begotten Son. That God was willing to give up so that you could be in the family too. That Jesus came from God. Right? That He is a deity. That He is God in flesh. That He made His dwelling among us. But most importantly, that God sent His Son. And we, we, we think about that with those fragrances of death. It's okay. That He sent His Son to be the atoning death for us once and for all. So as you stare into the flame tonight with me, you stare with me into this flame. Understand that the verdict is in. Light has come. You've been forgiven. You don't stand condemned. You stand redeemed. And that tonight, you have true freedom in Christ. That tonight, the verdict is in. Light has come to you. And he has light up your life.
He sees every bit of you, and he still loves you. He sees everything that you've done, and he loves you. He sees all your fear, your doubt, and your worry, and he loves you. When you light that candle with me tonight, can you think about what he's done for you? And then if you would be so inclined, could you, could you make a decision? A decision from here, a decision from here, not an emotional decision, that you will follow Christ, that you too, you too will follow Jesus because he has brought his light to your life. The light has come. So are you still looking? Bono found what he was looking for in Christ. He really did. I love that. That means we have real family stuff here. That's good. That's great. But have you found him yourself this evening? The light has come. So some quick candle etiquette. (laughs) I will light my candle. The unlit candle to the left or right of me will lean in at an angle like this. And that candle will lean in and light itself from my candle. Okay? And then that person will then hold its, their candle upright at all times. And then the person that's unlit will light their candle. Okay? We're going we're gonna to play a song for you that you may have heard before. But I think it's going to be great as we light the candles this evening. And I want to challenge you as, you as you peer into the light. Think about the verdict that has been passed upon your life. That you have been forgiven. The light has come. You know it's your baby boy who one day walk on water. Mary, did you know it's your baby boy that save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you Did you know it's your baby boy who gives sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know it's your baby boy who calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked for angels' trot? When you kiss your little baby, 
saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mary knew that day that something special had happened. If she didn't get it yet, she definitely knew that day. As God arranged for people to follow a light from afar for a long time, to be there that day to tell her just how special this child is. He's still the same today. He hasn't changed. It's always nice to look from this angle to see the light light up your face. Because that's exactly what he wants to do to your life. Every single aspect of you bring light bring redemption bring wholeness Lord we thank you so much that you did send your only begotten son to us on this earth we thank you for that gift that Jesus is and will always be and we remember him today that the verdict was in God you eternal judge that you sent light through your son, Jesus. And now we don't have to live in darkness ever again. We love you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>